His Serene Highness Prince Albert II of Monaco is back with me at Riviera Radio. Thank you for coming into Riviera Radio. How are you? Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me once again, and it's it's always a pleasure to be here. I'm fine. The uh, family's fine now. (laughs) The, The children are much better. And uh, we're, we're getting ready for the holiday season. It's always a you know bit of a rush to get things done in the right time. And uh, first of all, in terms of official engagements and, and, and other office work, and then to quickly transition into a holiday mode. But, uh, but it's, a, it's always a great time of year. We will be moving on to uh, the family and Christmas and, yeah. and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But more on a, a, a more serious note, because it's mm-hmm. another year over and a new one about to begin. Looking back on 2023 and the current state of affairs with the mm-hmm. Israel-Hamas conflict, the ongoing yeah. war in Ukraine, I mean, what is your take on the situation? Because there might be a certain sentiment of, do we ever become older and wiser? Mm-hmm. I know. It's always a question when you look at, at these events, uh, you know, what have we learned from uh, from the past, from, from history? And we always seem to be falling back into the same, not only the same mistakes, but the same mental framework and, and it's uh, and, and the same old problems that seem, seem to surface. And it's really discouraging to see that. And to see, well, in, although both situations are equally as dramatic and very different from one to the other, but the, the, the conflict in the Ukraine and, and and the Israel Hamas, but there's no immediate solution in sight. And uh, it's only, it, it seems only to get worse. And it's hard to find a through way to, you know, sitting down and negotiating. And, and it's it's going to take a lot of a lot of courage, first of all, but but, but then a, the, the right people and, and the right issues and, and bringing the right issues to the table and, and the right way forward. But it's it, it seems to be put back in time, and and it's not going to be tomorrow or next week or even next month, which is frightening to think of that. And and we absolutely have to find the right solution for both conflicts. And as I've been talking to different people, I mean, no one seems to have the right. Uh, the right solution or the or the right strategy to bring the different factions to the table. Uh, I guess we can only <laughs> hope and pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, but due to such conflicts, as well as natural disasters, mm-hmm. the Monaco Red Cross plays, of course, an important mm-hmm. role in humanitarian relief. And 2023 was no different as it was once again met with the ongoing challenges imposed upon it on a global scale, as well as locally, for example, mm-hmm. the 2020 Storm Alex. Yeah. As president of the Monegasque Red Cross, how would you define the work of the volunteers and and the needs of such an organization to exist? I mean, mm-hmm. thank goodness it's there. Yeah. No, no, well, we are blessed with having extraordinary volunteers, over 300 of them, uh, both in first aid and, and in social services and elsewhere. But more and more young people are joining us as, as volunteers, uh, which is very encouraging. The needs, of course, are tremendous, even for our immediate region, as you said, responding to different catastrophes and different dramatic situations, you know, extreme weather events and, and such. And we're able also to sometimes, uh, when it's the right format and, and, and when, when we're called upon, to, to send small teams outside of Monaco and outside of our immediate region. And we've been able to, to do that well for, for different earthquakes in Italy and, and, and so forth. So it's, we, we desperately continue to need that, that kind of engagement. We've had some volunteers that, that have been with us many years, and, and so we, we constantly need to 
refresh the, the troops there. And, of course, we need constantly need donations, and, and, and uh, that's why we have so many different events to, to uh, increase our funds and, and because we need not only to renew our equipment and our engagements elsewhere, uh, but also in Monaco. And so, uh, but, but I think things are going well, and we've had a, a pretty good year in, as far as that is concerned. But it, it needs a lot of attention, and constant attention. And, and uh, in fact, we're, we always have a, an end-of-year, uh, not only board meeting, but also uh, different encounters with the, with the social services and, and, and some of our volunteers. And, and they're, I saw them the other day, and they're, they're still incredibly uh, engaged and, and enthusiastic about about what they can bring to the Red Cross. And another, of course, something mm-hmm. very close to your heart, and you're very vocal about mm-hmm. it, is uh, climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you attended recently the COP28 in Dubai. Yeah. Do you think that the heads of states, that do you think they've moved forward? Would you say it was a positive outcome following the COP28? We were all very worried, because I, I was only there for the first three days in the, in the high-level segment. We had, of course, our, our team stayed there the, the, the whole time with different ministers being there at different times. It was very dubious that we were going to have the right outcome and the right statement, uh, because there was a lot of... You know, that, that this was a record-breaking COP by the numbers of participants, everybody said, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be 70,000. It was over 90,000. And of those 90,000, there were about 2,600 lobbyists for the oil and gas industry. Uh, so we were all very worried that, and it almost happened, that they, there was a lot of pressure to, to uh, modify the, uh, the, the final statement and to eliminate words uh, like uh, transition, energy transition toward renewables. Uh, they, they really tried to change that. Thankfully, at the last minute, and, and you know, the statement came out uh, uh, almost 30 hours later than, than it was scheduled to. And thankfully, there was a different wording, uh, not exactly the one that we all wanted, but there are positive signs. And I think, it, so it's not only the, the heads of state or heads of government, I think uh, everybody sort of rallied to try to at least save some notion of bigger commitments and and uh, by by all countries and by organizations and uh, to really have an effective transition as early as possible but certainly uh, by 2030 and and beyond but it's you know it's it, it seems as though you, you always have to push until the last minute to get everybody's commitment and it's really also disconcerting that that, uh, that that we always have to go through this process to, to get everybody on board. You think there's still a very long way to go? There's still some way to go. As I said, there are, there are some positive signs, and there, you know, there were some positive signs earlier in the year when we reached, the, for instance, the agreement on areas beyond national jurisdictions on the, on the high seas, uh, and that was a long process of almost 20 years of getting that agreement to protect the high seas. So we have to move that that, that sort of success and, and translate it into concrete climate action. And it's, it's still a little bit, a little ways away, but I think we are moving in the right direction. Now, on the sidelines of the COP28, mm-hmm. you also had the proud opportunity to congratulate the Monaco MPs rugby team in partnership Indeed. with the Princess Charlene mm-hmm. Foundation. Mm-hmm. 
and their historic first win of the Dubai's Sevens Men's International Open. Mm-hmm. You must have been so proud. No, it, it was wonderful, and I was really thrilled and happy to be able to watch the final. Uh, I couldn't be there, of course, for the early rounds, but uh, but it was wonderful to be there with my brother-in-law, Gareth, and uh, and, and the whole team there. It, it was uh, just a great moment, and uh, they were all, of course, thrilled and ecstatic because they played at that tournament uh, for last five years or six years and to finally uh, be successful and to <laughs> the the irony of it all is that they beat the Nice team in the finals <laughs> so it's it's kind of uncanny to go that far away to <laughs> to to meet uh, uh, your neighbors <laughs> uh, but but it was uh, but it was great and and I mean there's a lot of connection of course between the two clubs and uh, and it was just a uh, a wonderful moment, and I was able to, you know, spend time with the, with the whole team afterwards, and and even for dinner, and before having to fly back. But uh, but it was a fantastic result, and and I'm very very proud of them. Well, and while we're on the subject mm-hmm. of rugby, I couldn't not ask you because I can imagine with the <laughs> Rugby World Cup, yeah. a tense moment in the royal household. <laughs> well, of course, uh, uh, I'm I'm very happy that. that uh, it was a great, well, it was a great tournament, and I was very fortunate to be able to go and watch several matches, and it it was a great final. I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable that South Africa <laughs> had three nail-biting uh, victories by one point in their last three matches, and, and uh, it was an incredible final, and the intensity of, of all these matches were, I mean, it was unbelievable. Of course, deep down, I would have loved to, well, we would all love to have seen France do better than they did but but also uh, sorry but uh, my Irish uh, side is coming out and I would have loved to have seen Ireland in the finals but it was not to be and uh, but congratulations South Africa and they're, they're a formidable side and, yeah. and uh, but we knew that at the beginning and, and we knew that they would do well but uh, you know anything could have happened also but uh, but it was uh, just an incredible tournament and incredible win. And do your children take interest in the rugby? You know, occasionally they, you know, it, it's hard to get their their attention uh, focused on, on on an entire rugby or team sport for uh, when they watch it on television. They usually uh, go and, and play other games. <laughs> uh, so, it, but they did watch some of it, and they did watch the celebrations, and so they they will they will remember that. I'm, I'm sure. Now, closer to home, 2023 mm-hmm. has marked, of course, the 100th anniversary of the birth of your father, Catherine <laughs> Highness Prince Rainey mm-hmm. III of Monaco. A host of events have been launched here in the Principality. Mm-hmm. What, if you could just say, has moved you the most in these celebrations? I think, you know, it was just the fact that we were able to, you know, to uh, show through through different, through these different exhibits, through through these different events and probably even more the the inaugural event on uh, May 31st which was his date of birth and and the great celebration that we had on the in front of the palace and on the rock and to see not only how people remembered him but how younger generations were eager to learn more about what he had accomplished and and and, and his different interests and just the way that he had helped uh, of course with my mother's help but but uh, the, the different initiatives that he had and, and the way that he helped Monaco move into uh, the modern era. And 
it was just incredible to see everyone's response to that. And I think it was, uh, uh, we did our best to honor his memory and to honor his legacy. Now, the Prince Albert of Monaco Foundation, tell me a bit more about it, because it was in October, I was talking about your father, but uh, the US branch held mm-hmm. the 16th award ceremony for planetary health yep. in Philadelphia, yep. which is, of course, the hometown of your late mother, Princess mm-hmm. Grace of Monaco. A symbolic moment for you? Mm-hmm. No, it was, and, and it was wonderful to be back in Philadelphia. I, of course, I go there on a regular basis, but I was able to course, see, see a bit of my family there, see, see many cousins. Uh, but more importantly, I think it was uh, great also to initiate, to help initiate some projects in the Philadelphia area with, uh, with the Philadelphia City Council. But, um, and, you know, just to, to be able to showcase what the foundation does in the United States and what we do worldwide, but what uh, our U.S. branch does also uh, very effectively. And, and it's not well known and it and it should be we should get the word out there a little more regularly but i think it was very significant that you know we we had a great attendance and 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 great uh, attention there not only for what i've just said for to, to showcase the foundation but also to uh, we were able to recognize some wonderful organizations and individuals in in our awards and and i i think it shows that uh, you know, we are able to bring a lot of talent and to recognize some incredible scientists and other organizations that, that help in this overall movement. And to be able to do that in a, a large city of, and, of course, a significant city for my family, but, but more importantly, a city that does have difficulties in certain areas with the social programs, but, but also with their and they do have some uh, incredible programs to rehabilitate certain natural areas. And that was uh, also the focus, see how cities can manage their regreening process. And I hope that that will be a great blueprint for other cities to do the same. But it was a great event, and we're very happy the way, and I'm very happy the way the foundation is progressing on, on all fronts. And, of course... I mean, you've been to the States mm-hmm. quite a lot mm-hmm. this year because before that, just before Philadelphia, it was New York for the Earthshot Summit. Yes. Uh, with the Bidens and uh, Prince William. And Prince William was absolutely in command there. And, and it was great. The startups and, and, and the different initiatives that are recognized by the Earthshot Prize are truly remarkable. And uh, there's, uh, you know, I, I can name a, a few of those, but the ones that do stand out are, are the ones that are starting to, to make a difference in, in terms of uh, not only fight against pollution and uh, of different sorts, but there's some great initiatives out there to help reduce plastic waste and plastic pollution and to, to use substitutes like uh, algae and and, uh, and and things like that. So it's really incredibly interesting to see the efforts that are springing up all over the world and, and to be able to recognize, to, to first of all, to identify them and to recognize them and, and hopefully to help them get some financing and get some recognition and, and some awareness worldwide. I, I think it's a remarkable effort and I really congratulate, well, I congratulated Prince William when I was there but and everyone with him uh, to uh, continue in this effort and in this and in this way. Well, and another mm-hmm. person that you no doubt congratulate mm-hmm. every day is, of course, your beautiful wife, <laughs> Princess Charlene of Monaco, who appears, thankfully, mm-hmm. to have made a full recovery following mm-hmm. a rather long and difficult bout of yep. poor health. Mm-hmm. She's ever-present and continues uh, to show her full commitment mm-hmm. to Monaco, to the people of Monaco, but yep. also to her foundation, mm-hmm. 
uh, the Princess Charlene of Monaco Foundation, launched back in 2012 with the primary objective of saving mm. lives by putting an end to drowning and raising public yep. awareness. Again, it just seems it goes from strength to strength every year. No, it does, and, and the foundation, I must say, is, is doing wonderfully well, and, and of course in Monaco, but elsewhere in Europe, but also in Africa and, and in South Africa and, and in different parts of the world. And it's fantastic that she's been able to, uh, well, I'm, I'm very happy to be the, the vice president of the foundation, but, but she does most of the work, if not all of it. Uh, and, but it's remarkable that she's been able to, you know, to federate and to bring around her so many great people and great stars, great athletes that uh, lend their time and their and 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 their passion to uh, to help children and, and to help not only in all the in all the different programs and the, in the learn to swim and water safety programs, but just to be able to pass on these incredible values of of sport and and how sport can help in everyday life. And I think that's remarkable. And and I hope it will continue to grow from strength to strength now we started this interview talking about your children so we're <laughs> going to end it on the children otherwise yeah. they might not be too happy uh, <laughs> prince jack and princess gabriella of yeah. course they recently celebrated their ninth birthday albeit with yes. chicken pox yeah <laughs> uh, but they're back they're back at uh, pretty much full strength and they um it, it was i, I was uh, sad for them because they, they they were looking forward to celebrating their birthday w- with their friends and have a having a nice party uh so we had to postpone that to after the holidays but um no but they're doing great they're of course they're looking forward to to this holiday season and they um uh and we will of course have a great uh, trip to the southern hemisphere and to antarctica the uh, cruise ship that has been organized by the oceanographic museum of monaco and with a lot of people from Monaco and a lot of people from from different parts of the world that uh, want to support the, the museum's programs. But so it'll be a great uh, voyage of discovery around the Antarctic Peninsula. And so that's going to be, I think, absolutely fantastic for all of us. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you as a father and the princess mm-hmm. as a mother find the balance between your obligations and obviously the role as a, mm-hmm. a mother and father? Are you the one, are you the bad cop or is... <laughs> <laughs> well... We sometimes uh, both have to be bad cops, but uh, we try to do it in a in a in as pleasant a way as possible. Uh, but you know, uh, well, it's with any children, I think, and with any parents, it's you know, it's a very delicate balance. It's a little more difficult for us to you know because we have so many official engagements, and when we can, we we include them in those engagements. But it's uh, you know, it's a very delicate balance to you know try to find enough private time and enough time for the family to be together uh, and but also to have them realize that they you know they will have uh, more and more obligations as they as they get older uh, and but I think they're beginning to understand that and understood most of it since a long time now but it, it is uh, that that is the most difficult for us as parents to you know, to have enough time to, first of all, explain things to them and then to, you know, to have that private time and that family time and, and to have them understand that sometimes we have to disappear and, and uh, not be with them. doesn't mean that they're alone, of course, <laughs> but that is the most difficult time and problem for, for us. But uh, I, I think we're getting reasonably uh, good at that. Yeah, you must be able to pull from your own <laughs> yeah, experience yeah, yeah. as a child. Absolutely. 
Well, Christmas time is a family time, so you've said a bit about how you'll be spending it, and I want mm-hmm. to know what's what have you asked Father Christmas for this year? <laughs> well, I'm. I've asked him for, uh, as we just said, a little more family time, uh, but also I, I, on the whole, I, I've asked him for a more serene time, uh, not only here in Monaco because it's been a very difficult year uh, personally with the different uh, issues that I've had to deal with, but I think for all of us uh, internationally, uh, we are longing for uh, more peaceful times, and, uh, and we really have to not only pray, but uh, make sure we we head in that direction in the not-too-distant future. Well, thank you, Prince Albert, Mm -hmm. and from Mm -hmm. myself and all of us at Riviera Radio, a very Merry Christmas and a healthy and Happy New Year to you and the family. And I think you've just said your hopes for 2024 and uh, the message to our listeners. Thank you. Thank you very much. A very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you.